Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. And welcome to 2023, the first edition of the new year of Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Thank you for joining us once again this year in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Uh, we'll tell you more about that later. It's also the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. And if you Put some of your hard-earned money on Mississippi State. You were perhaps excited about the Bulldogs winning, but then you were sad that they were not going to cover, and then at the end they got it done in the wildest of ways. So congratulations if you stop by the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino on being a winner if you had Mississippi State on the second day of 2023. I would Richard. love to know how many people had state minus three and a half or minus four, and after the field goal went in, turned it off. And just decided, That's a big I'm number. done. I'm done. I mean, when they got it down to what? Like five feet from the goal line, instead of punching it in, which was the right decision, I'm not criticizing at all, but when Will Rogers took that snap, Got in the middle, took a knee. I can't. I would love to know how many people turned the game off and walked away pissed off. Because if you were laying the points, you thought, okay, they got time to run one play, and they've still got a timeout, yeah. and they get it down inside the two-yard <laughs> line, and you're like, all right, one handoff, maybe they'll get it in, got to cover. Oh, no, they're going to kick a field goal. you you got to be kidding me. And then, and then. Hey, you want to be a part of the conversation this afternoon? Join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge in 2023? We've been telling you for a long time. Let C Spire help. Get gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT experts that live where you do. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. New year, same cast of characters. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Thanks for joining us. Mississippi State rings in 2023 with a win to cap a nine-victory season. They finished the year 9-4, 19-10 the final over the fighting Illini of the University of Illinois. That was an ordeal. That was a, that was a tough one to to get through. That was not an aesthetically pleasing football game in any way, shape, or form. And, and I know but, it wasn't that easy for, uh, or it wasn't that difficult to to have this thought. Like this is why we get paid the big mm-hmm. bucks. We told people when the matchup was announced that's exactly what it was going to look like. Yeah, it's going to be a low scoring game. Uh, you know, and there's no question about that. And and that's exactly what it was. But. 
defensively, State was outstanding today. Uh, I mean, you look at these last two games, a combined 25 tackles for loss between the Egg Bowl and this, mm. uh, seven sacks on the day. I mean, they're playing like the 85 Bears out there. And then offensively, just enough, just barely enough. An interesting twist for this game, an interesting little little anecdote or however you want to put it, but look at the, the what the transfer portal has done for Mississippi State. All the points today were scored by transfers. Justin Robinson, Massimo Biscardi, Marcus Banks, they scored all your points. And then Justin Robinson was named player of the game. Simeon Price was probably the second choice. Both those guys got to play because of Ra Ra Thomas and Dylan Johnson being in the transfer portal. Yeah. yeah. So just an odd thing to point out, but it's it's something that's worth saying, I think. Justin Robinson, seven catches for 81 yards, including a touchdown that was the closest of close plays in terms of getting his foot down. And what was the, the phraseology we learned earlier this season, completing the process of the or, or, or completing the pronation of the foot or what? I don't even remember what it was. We learned that somewhere along the way in a Mississippi State game this year. The official told us after a fairly lengthy review, the call stands. There wasn't enough there to overturn the call on the field of a touchdown. Great job. Uh, Justin Robinson getting the foot down, one foot down in the back of the end zone for uh, Mississippi State's uh, touchdown. A- at that point, their only touchdown, scoreless after a quarter, seven to three, Illinois leading at the half. It was ten to three after three quarters, Illinois leading over Mississippi State, but the Bulldogs blank Illinois in the fourth quarter. They outscored them sixteen to nothing in the final fifteen minutes of the ball game en route to a 19-10 win. Will Rogers goes 29 of 44, 261 yards. He had two first half interceptions. In the second half he was what 15 of 18 for about a buck 20 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Really good in Much the better. second half. At one point he was 12 of 13 for I think it was 93 yards and uh, and a touchdown. And uh, he played much, much better in the second half. I don't know. I, guys, watching this unfold, and in fairness, I was not able to sit and watch every snap. I'll tell you why coming up later. Uh, might or might not be interesting to you, including having fire trucks called. Um, but, but yeah, I'll, 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 we'll press pause on that story for, for a little while. You have my attention, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll uh, you'll let that be a, a bit of a cliffhanger. Was, it, was our barn involved this time? Uh, no. No, there was not. Okay. But a saw running indoors... Just keep on teasing. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. We'll come back keep to on it. teasing. Uh, I thought on the go-ahead touchdown drive for Mississippi State, it was the running game that, I mean, it was the running game, right? And, and it yeah. was a mix of Simeon Price and Woody Marks with not just, I mean, there were a couple of big runs on that drive, but it, it, including the one that got them down close to the to the end zone, but it was the eight yard run, the eleven yard run, another eleven yard run, a seven yard run mixed in, and those were plays that Will Rogers was calling at the line of scrimmage based on the looks that they were getting, and it was the same look that Illinois had gave for most of the game that bare front, right? Three down linemen with two linebackers walked up where it looks like a five man front. It's an odd front. 
But Mississippi State blocked it well, and you had some really good individual plays by those two running backs, especially on that drive that resulted in the go-ahead touchdown. State's offensive. And that's just been the story all year. It's been the story all year. Run the football to win for Mississippi State. Every time they've been over 100 yards, they've won. Simple as that. Today, Marks and Price, only 17 carries, but they combined for 118 yards. Even Will Rogers wasn't positive today. Three carries for seven yards uh, for him. So, State, and that's going to be you know what we're going to talk about in the next few days. Obviously, as State you know shuffles its offensive staff, is they've got to find a way to be more consistent and more. When I say consistent, I mean in terms of running the football, not in terms of what they get when they run it, because they're successful when they do. They've got really? to find a coach and a coordinator who will run the football. Yeah, State's offensive line today, even early, uh, when, when Rodgers was struggling, Illinois d- decided they were going to bring pressure, uh, and a good bit of it, honestly. And, and they held up well enough in the first half uh, to keep Rodgers off his back, but there are a lot of batted balls and disrupted plays and stuff like that. As the game wore on, it felt like State was the more physically gifted football team. And uh, State's defensive front especially in the second half, were more and more effective at stopping the run, getting to DeVito, and then on the other side, same thing. And they just kind of wore Illinois down, and and that was your difference. Now, the offensive line's not the difference in the game necessarily because when you only give up 10 points, that's the story. But that's how that drive was able to happen. Is Illinois, it felt like in the fourth quarter, was worn out basically by State, and their front had their way on that final drive, and there was your difference. Hey, hey, Dad, am I looking at this correctly? Mississippi State had seven sacks from seven different players. Sherman Timms had seen. a sack. Randy Charlton had a sack. Bookie uh, Watson, Nathaniel Watson had a sack. Jet Johnson had one. Jaden Cremody yeah. had one. Cameron Young Nobody had, had one. one. And DeMonte Russell had one. Seven different players with a sack in this game for Mississippi State. Wow. Really, really impressive. And we talked about it before. That defensive line since Jaden Crumity came back has been different. They've just, that's when they've played their best is these final now five games of the season. And uh, him coming back for next year is just such a huge boost for Mississippi State. Absolutely is. And Watson sack, Illinois had a really interesting strategy there. They decided uh, not to block uh, one of the better tacklers in the SEC and let him run free and, and get a shot at the quarterback. So, yeah, I can't believe it didn't work. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV, just getting started on this first show of the new year, the 2nd of January, 2023. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, we will get to your messages on the ceasefire text line. We, uh, we want to hear from you. We want to uh, know what you thought of the ball game today. Mississippi State winning over Illinois in the ReliaQuest Bowl. We will try to break down all the angles of that. And we've got a whole lot of other stuff to do as well. A couple more football games that are happening today. College football playoff semifinals. Ooh, did those deliver on Saturday? Yeah. Emphatically, yes. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. You can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Hey, Dad, this one made me laugh. Would have enjoyed thunder and lightning postgame. Oh, well, we'll allow Rebs into the postgame tent. Point them toward the off-brand chips, please. <laughs> Thank you, I think. No. Nah. No, no, you don't get the, the the scoops, man. Get the great value ones. That's that's. It. Uh, when did the line change so much? I got Mississippi State minus one and a half on New Year's Eve. There's some late movement, wasn't there? Yeah, it, 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 you you got it right. New Year's Eve when we all right. I think when we, I know when we recorded on Friday or on Thursday, it was at one and a half or one, and yeah, it jumped up quite a bit over the past few days for some reason. Yeah. Uh, which turned out not to matter ultimately because of the uh, the crazy play. I, that was a play, hey, Dad, that as you were watching it unfold, there was a mm-hmm. lot of real estate that was gained by Illinois that probably had you holding your breath for just a moment if you were a Mississippi State fan. I think it was the second lateral. I was like, oh, he's got a little room. And, you know, you, you're watching it. You know that you got guys back there, but anything can happen in those situations. But once it got back to DeVito and he just sort of pushed it across the field, that's when, you know, and as soon as it bounced, I was like, okay. I don't think we're going to have an Alex Collins situation here. Yeah. Uh, Shaq, shut up. Shaq Bully in Biloxi, didn't the last lateral that State scored on look like a forward cl- pass? It was very close. Very, it was like Music City Miracle close. Yeah. Hey, is my camera playing tricks on me? Or Borky, are you doing the, the whole mustache thing again? I'm is that like a shadow, it. or is that okay? Oh, it is. Let's go. Did you start that last week? I felt like I noticed that last week, and I forgot to say anything. Yeah, I guess so. Subconsciously, it wasn't like an active thing until I I was shaving. I was like, you know what? Why not? See where it takes me. It it, it worked so poorly last time. You thought you'd try it again? <laughs> it's getting better. Okay. Okay. It looks I, good. Don't you let anybody talk you out of it this time. Just thought I'd, wasn't it your wife last time that was like, um, um no? Yeah, it, it ended it. Okay. It, 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 it gets to a point, you know? Yeah. So we'll know that when you shave it, she said, okay, that's enough. That's no more. enough, yeah. Goodbye. That's the point, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, David in Hattiesburg uh, was telling you guys mentioned a second ago size differential between Mississippi State and Illinois. Or I think Borky just said, you know, State looked like the physical, uh, physically dominating team. David says, how about the announcers talking about the Illinois players and how much bigger Mississippi State's yeah. guys were at the beach? Uh, he said, well yeah. done. And this, by the way, is a great Freudian slip. He says, well done, strength, abs, conditioning group. <laughs> it was supposed to be a strength and conditioning group, but, you yeah. know, just perfectly slid in there. Perfectly slid in there. If uh, Griffin would have come down with that go route at the end, it would have been a good way to end it in leech fashion. Perfect ball, but glad they got the win. Fun at Mississippi State. Good um, coverage there. Yeah. All right. What do they mean for uh, for Mississippi State? It is great to end the season with a win. It is great to end the year with nine victories. It is great to be able to ultimately honor Mike Leach one last time with a victory with the really cool pirate flag on the on one side of the helmet. Um, nice touch, and, and you know people have been talking about that since his passing. 
about what Mississippi State would do uniform-wise to uh, to honor Mike Leach. Um, I thought that was kind of a great final tribute. And then ultimately the final, final tribute was getting a win to uh, close out what was his season as the head coach, even though this was game one for Zach Arnett. Yeah, I think Zach Arnett would agree with your assessment there, that this was Mike Leach's team, and Zach Arnett's first team will be in September, first Labor Day weekend of September 2023. Um, I think from an emotional standpoint, State obviously needed the, 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 the emotional uplift of a victory. You know, you, you're talking about a month of grieving, of trying to get through everything, and now you, you finally have that release of, of winning the game. I mean, you saw Will Rogers in post game in the interview, obviously very emotional. I, I would imagine there were some tears in that locker room. Uh, and so, from that perspective, the state needed that. From a football perspective, now you know you're going to finish the season ranked in the top 20. You've won nine games for the uh, for the fifth time since Dan Mullen took over in 2009. So, I mean, to me, that's the start of modern MSU football. Um, and you're, you're Wait, just what? You know, from Jack. Jackie is the 90s, right? Kroom oh, in the that's 2000s. Modern, that's, not, that's modern Mississippi. Nah, you just want to eliminate Sylvester Kroom. From the annals of Mississippi State I'm history, not, hold on. Jackie Sherrill is absolutely the beginning of modern yeah. Mississippi but State football. Spin zone. Can you call it modern when the players weren't alive during the time? Yes, yeah, I'm talking wouldn't, about wouldn't the what modern college football is be, today. Wouldn't, wouldn't that college football is today, 2009, is about right. Regardless, all right, for me, I'll just say five times in the last uh, 12 years. There you go. You know, that, 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 that works for me, too. Yeah, I can, I can do it mathematically. So, um, so obviously, you know, I mean, Mississippi State's not a program. You, you, you had it the other day, right? Was it nine times in the history of the school they've won nine games or eight times prior to today? That is correct. And so, I mean, this is a, this is a great season for Mississippi State. It was not the most aesthetically, and to use it again, aesthetically pleasing season. There were definitely some times you had to to grind things out. Uh, the last month of the season was really really tough at times. But you got nine wins, and, and that's all that matters. And then, you know, I've been talking about 2023 since last year. Since we started talking about the big year, this is going to be it for Mississippi State. This is where they're lined up to have the big year. You take a lot of momentum into the offseason. You're going to have some new faces on the coaching staff, obviously. Uh, you need you need to go into the portal to get a couple of, of players here and there. You need a kicker. You need to, probably some pass rush. And depending on who your OC is, you might take a look at another quarterback. We'll see what happens there. But... 2023 should be a good year for Mississippi State. They should start the season ranked. They should be people talking about them as as a dark horse in the West, in a West that looks like it might be as wide open as it's ever been. This is the year for Mississippi State coming up. Whether it's fair or not, Mississippi State's reputation as a football team was not one of being physically dominant, being blue-collar, kind of being nasty. And I'm not sure that that's fair. But because Mississippi State ran the air raid and because Mike Leach was its coach, the reputation for his football teams was more uh, finesse. Finesse is not going to be a word that I think you associate with a Zach Arnett football team. 
It's going to it is a team that is going to have a reputation for intensity, physicality, playing with a chip on its shoulder, grinding, forgive me. I I, I think some of the things that have traditionally been really important to Mississippi State fans are going to be the identity of a Zach Arnett-led football team going forward. And again, I'm not sure that it's fair that that reputation was what it was under Mike Leach, but I do think that's what it was. And I think that is going to be ushered out the window with haste. Yeah, when you when you throw the ball fifty times a game, nobody's going to call you a physical football team, especially offensively. Now, defensively, that's a, that's another story. And I yeah. agree with what you say about about Zach Arnett. Even though his offense will probably be pretty similar to what Mike Leach was running, nobody called plays like Mike Leach. Nobody took away the run game. Oh, something just happened in the Cotton Bowl. I take it. Well, well based hello, on uh, two lane with about a seventy yard completion down to the five in a forty five thirty game with four fourteen to play. They're hanging around, hanging around. Uh, yeah, I don't know what, who the offensive coordinator is going to be for this, but I know whoever they are, they'll run the ball more because nobody ran the ball less than Mike Leach. So State will have a little bit more of that run flavor that they've had since everybody else has been born. And defensively, they're going to keep that same nastiness that they've had under Zach Arnett. And I think next year's defense has the potential to be, I don't know about 2018 good, because there's no Jeff Simmons, there's no Montez Sweat. But there are good players on that defense. They should be a really good defensive team next year. 45-36, extra point pending. Southern Cal leading over Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. We are about half an hour from kickoff of the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Extra point is good. It's now 45-38, a one-possession game. And earlier in the game, Tulane was chasing points. They went for two and did not convert. How much would you like to have that one point on the board right now for it to be a touchdown game? Sports Talk Mississippi. We've got plenty more coming up with you. What did it look like? What did it sound like today in Tampa? We'll talk more about Mississippi State's win over Illinois in the ReliaQuest Bowl when we come back. Mississippi. Come on. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Sports Talk Mississippi. Going to break. Tulane got it down to, uh, they got it in the end zone. It kicked the extra point. And I made reference to uh, wishing that they had not been chasing points. Then they kicked it off to uh, Southern Cal. The kickoff was muffed and went out of bounds at the two yard line. They lost a yard on first down and on second down, dropped in the end zone for a safety. It is now USC 45, Tulane 39. Inside two and a half minutes, Tulane has one timeout remaining, and they've got the ball at about, though, just shy of the 30. It's about the 35. They gave up a sack on first down. They had a nice run on second down. So they've got it at the 33, third and 11. I'm not going to do play-by-play on this. We'll just kind of watch and see what happens. Tulane's been really good, and Michael Pratt trying to make a play. They're going to have a fourth down coming up 
here in uh, in just a moment. Ty, you're ahead of me. But Borky reminded us just a second ago during the break that and Ole Miss plays this team next year in New Orleans. In New Orleans at Yeoman Stadium, in we could, and it appears to me that there is a bigger Tulane crowd at this game in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl than there was at any game at Yulman Stadium this year. Great, great crowd by Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Um, and luckily, like five of Tulane's top six leading tacklers are all out of eligibility. Their two leading wide receivers are out of eligibility. I think their running back has a chance to return for a sixth year if he wants to. So might might look like a, a different football team next year, which could be a silver lining to that schedule. I'll say it, Richard. Pratt me, will be it. back next year, and he just scrambled for a uh, for a first down. Are you and, like five. Sorry. <laughs> Did you say don't say it? Yeah, he said don't say yeah, it. Don't say it. Oh, yeah, I I'm, I'm behind it, you by Richard. like five seconds. Oh wow! By like five seconds. Tulane just burned their last time out on first down with a minute eight to go. Oh come on, Willie. You don't need timeouts when you're studs. Plenty of time. Oh, yeah. Maybe it may just be that Michael yeah, yeah. Pratt was a little banged up after the uh, the first down run. So, yeah. um, man, we we got plenty of time to talk more about Mississippi State's win over um, over Illinois in the Relia Quest Bowl earlier today. Let's sit through what's happened for SEC teams in the uh, in the postseason. Arkansas in a wild one against Kansas, one fifty five fifty three. That was last Wednesday, right in front of Ole Miss's game. Against Texas Tech. Texas Tech beat Ole Miss 42-25. We talked about that at length on Thursday, to the chagrin of some even. Uh, on Friday, in front of 40,000-plus South Carolina fans, really good game between Notre Dame and South Carolina. And Great Notre game. Dame ultimately won it 45-38. That was a fun game to watch. Friday night in Miami. Both have been great this year. They, they really have been. They, they, you know, we've, we've gotten good games. Guys, college football's ruined because of arbitrary things that don't impact the games at all. Bowl season's been ruined, and yet we got parody like crazy, great playoff games, great bowl season, great television ratings, so the fans are obviously still really engaged. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, Capital One Orange Bowl on Friday night. Score really doesn't indicate how dominant Tennessee was, 31-14 in a win over Clemson. Uh, Joe Milton, whew. Yeah, Tennessee's about to win the greatest off-season national championship of all time. Of all are you talking about 20, time. Are you talking about 2023 Heisman favorite Joel Milton? Yes, that's, I agree with that. The Heisman yes. favorite, they're, they're going to go 12-0. In, have... fact, in fact, Borky, I heard somebody say after their win on Friday night, I'm not saying that this is T. Martin following Peyton Manning, but I was like, oh, wow. Wow. That's tough. <laughs> Go ahead and get it ready. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's not like Georgia's not still in their division and are probably adding Brennan Armstrong out of the portal. And so they're, in terms of ability, not going to miss a beat at quarterback, and they return a bunch of dudes and are recruiting lights out. It's not like Georgia's still in that division. It's not like they still have to play Alabama next year. And although people are doing that, did Nick Saban take a step back in a year in which they won 11 games and the two losses they had were on the final play of the game? But, yeah, you know, Nick Saban taking a step back for sure, uh, definitely true. So, 
and signed the number one recruiting class in the country. The number, it was it like the third greatest recruiting class of all time, or yeah. something like that. It's he, up there. He hadn't taken a step back at all. But Tennessee uh, offseason national champions. Go ahead and, and mark it down. That said, Tennessee was really good on Friday. They were, and they're really good. And I like yeah. Josh Heupel a lot, and the offense is fun. And and and, and it was without Jalen Hyatt. And without Cedric Tillman, and without their best linebacker, and without Hendon Hooker, so we'll see. Um, Alabama forty-five to twenty over Kansas State, and it wasn't nearly that close. That game was ten nothing. Kansas State, they were having fun. They could have taken a lead into the locker room. Could yeah. have, did not, could have. Um. Ooh, Michael Pratt back across his body. Tulane, 25 seconds left, and they've got it down to the 25-yard line. You're worse than Twitter. I'm sorry, they've got it at the uh, they've got it to 30. And we'll spike the football with 22 seconds oh, remaining. Throw. Man, this kid's good. Tulane's going to be pretty able to good. Take a couple of shots. They don't have to go to the end zone. No, no, no. They got but they're going to be able to take a couple of shots if they want to. But yeah, I mean, they can go. They can go first down to stop the clock, spike it again. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it unfolds over the final 22 seconds for Tulane and Southern Cal. Iowa beats Kentucky but, 21 to nothing. The under was a good play. How much did you watch that game? It was never in doubt. I watched Not a lot of that snap. game because it was. No, no, that game was so disgusting. I couldn't turn away from it. It was like a car wreck that was hit by a train. What two off? Two defensive touchdowns, right? So Iowa only scored one touchdown. That's correct. Yes, Don't two pick it. sixes for Don't Iowa. Say it. Don't say, say it. nothing. We're gonna. See I'm watching. Say nothing, Cross. But that game. I didn't. I didn't even... I didn't even see his facial expression, so oh, I don't know what's about to happen. It's good. He's holding it in. It, whatever it is, it's good. Oh! I am behind you too. What the heck, man? I, you know, oh, I don't know. You, you're behind. How are we all staggered like this? I'm watching on television, by the way. That's why. Okay, so that's why I'm right. on Watch ESPN. Borky, are you caught up yet? No. Here it is. The throw. Oh my gosh. Yes. And great. targeting at the end of it, by the way. I don't know if they've thrown the flag knot. Oh, yeah, they targeting? Anything, if they didn't, they're about, yep, yeah, they're about, That's I targeting, don't know if they yeah. threw the flag or buzzed down, but that is 100% targeting. And so oh, no. Tulane yeah, is going to have be... it first and goal inside like the, the five-yard line with 17 seconds to play to try and win the Cotton Bowl. There is no question that is targeting. So, yeah. Something that Borky just said about about Tennessee and, and New Georgia and who they're bringing back. Are we looking at a media days where Alabama and Georgia aren't the picks? Are we looking no. at LSU and Tennessee as the preseason or Alabama? Who's more likely to not be the pick? Georgia. I think Tennessee is more likely to be voted. Tennessee oh. is like more likely to be voted the overall East champion. Tell me who is quarterback for Alabama. Do they? Grayson McCall, I don't know by the yet. way, that's the pulled thing. his name out of the portal. Apparently, he's out. Yeah, his academics are a disaster. So good, good on, good on. <laughs> is him. that what it is? Apparently so. <laughs> so he didn't come to play school, Borky. No, no, he plays football well enough, though. But so who that's is right. Alabama's quarterback? Who, who do they get out of the portal? And I'm curious because I haven't seen them like. Well, now they know that the asking price for Drake, Drake May is five million dollars. We'll see what they come up with. Yeah. But like Spencer Sanders, they're not even in on him. Which people think that like he's some. I've watched him play a lot. He's a good college quarterback. 
But if you think that like he'll step into Auburn and make them a contender for the West, you're nuts. Absolutely nuts. Let me give you one more final from SEC Bowl games. It just ended. LSU 63, Purdue 7. Yeesh. Garrett Nussmeyer played. O'Connell played, played, that would have been at least 63-21. Yeah, Garrett Nussmeyer played most of the, I guess all of the second half. They got Jalen uh, Jaden Daniels out when it was way out of control. LSU led in the game forty-two to nothing. In fact, to make it forty-two nothing, they uh, they ran like a reverse pass throw to Jaden Daniels. So I guess he did play in the third quarter, and then it was Nussmeyer the uh, the rest of the way. So LSU finishes their season with ten wins. We've got Penn State and Utah coming up in the um, uh, in the Rose Bowl that kicks off at uh, four o'clock, so uh, probably a little bit after four, so about twenty twenty five minutes from uh, from right now. Uh, so it's going to be first and goal for Tulane, trailing by six. Did they not call that targeting? Hold on, you're you're first. That's no, a you're first. How do you not know? Wow, they did, they did not, they did not call, call that. targeting. That's. Uh, <laughs> And, and and so what is target? Can I mean, we all clearly say that we have no idea what targeting actually is? I, Leading with the helmet to the helmet, forcible contact, hit, whatever. All right. So we'll we'll see how this one plays out. Yeah, yeah. Still, still, it's still first and goal. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, noticeably absent from scores of SEC games, uh, Georgia and Ohio State. We'll talk about the uh, college football playoff semifinals. Uh, later in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll talk more about Mississippi State uh, and their win over Illinois earlier today uh, as we continue. But we'll wrap up the uh, the 3 o'clock hour. I guess we're going to have a final on Southern Cal and Tulane when we come back. Yeah, from the break. If you're not watching back, the Cotton yeah. Bowl, you should, uh, you should check it out. Sports Talk Mississippi, second and goal from the 6, Tulane into the end zone incomplete. They're going to have it third and goal with eight seconds left. We'll be back. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Are we going to do this? Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi. After review. The ball did not touch the ground. Touchdown, Tulane. The extra point is good. And the green wave is seven seconds away from knocking off Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl. A one, a two, a hell of a hullabaloo. Hullabaloo, Ray Ray, hullabaloo, Ray Ray, hooray, hooray, Tulane! Or something like that. You know, I'm all about uh, the playoff games that we just had. It would have been, I mean, it was great. Wouldn't change a thing, except for I would have loved to have seen Georgia put up 97 points on this USC defense, approximately. <laughs> oh, my God, they would have destroyed them. What a, what a, what, all right, we, 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 I never Two know. You never know. Left. Two seconds oh, left, that's, that's and good. Southern Cal is 90 yards from the end zone. That's the only shot. There's no getting into field goal range with two seconds left. Tulane safeties are going to be like 60 yards deep on this play. Come on, on the goal line. They Just... have three safeties at the opposite 20-yard line, the ball being snapped from the 11. Tossing it around, flipping it around. 
Caleb Williams. Forward pass, maybe. Still alive. Offensive lineman's got it. Guy flips it to himself. Run, big fella. Out of bounds. Tulane wins. Wow. Hey, not a Lincoln Riley team folding in a big game. It can't be. We've never seen that before, except for, shoot, every postseason lately. That's weird. Willie Fritz. Wow. In coaching for 30 years. Rebuffed the overtures of Georgia Tech for a Power 5 kind of coaching job in the ACC to stay at Tulane. His quarterback, Michael Pratt, a Tulane team that a year ago was absolutely decimated by injuries, goes 12-2, and gets the Access Bowl automatic bid for being the highest-ranked Group of 5 team they go from two and ten last year to twelve and two this season, and they win the Cotton Bowl over Incredible. Southern Cal. Wow. Great day for Italian kickers, Massimo Biscardi and Tulane's. If you don't know this name, get ready, Valentino Ambrosio. Nice. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. What a name! Yeah, I love how Haydad saw this, and he just so. Drew Brees in, in the media op before they're uh, getting smoked by LSU today uh, said how uh, Saints fans, if you're a Saints fan, you're an LSU fan, and if you're an LSU fan, you're a Saints fan. They're one and the same. Love how Wrong. he said that while Tulane plays Division One football in the city of New Orleans. Way to ignore those guys, Drew. Oh, but come on. No. Drew... And we- we talked about this game on Thursday. We said that sometimes that, that the team that gets paired up with the group of five team is just not really happy to be there or whatever. And USC's defense is just a sieve. May so I, bad. May I, may I give you a couple of comparative numbers? You can Caleb do whatever you Williams, like. who is amazing, was 36 of 51 for 460 yards <laughs> and five touchdowns today. Michael Pratt, the quarterback for Tulane, 8 of 17 for 234 yards and two touchdowns. Tulane ran 52 plays in the game, and they win 46-45 over Southern Cal. Wow. Southern Cal is fantastic. Yeah. Just incredible. Lincoln Riley, great coach. Is he a stinky big game, big game coach though? I mean, is this really a? The problem is the big game was the championship game, the conference championship game. So and stinking that this. I mean, I, I don't know that USC would classify this. Believe it or not, as a big game, just because they're USC and they think they're above playing a team like Tulane. But they, so to your point, though, lost the conference championship game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you're not wrong. And his record, Oklahoma in the playoff, fans would certainly want us to say you're right. His record in the playoff is horrible. I mean, just not only yeah. did, did they lose every game they played, they got <laughs> thoroughly dominated in every game they played. Ty J. Spears is going to be your, your game MVP. 17 carries for 205 yards and four touchdowns for Tulane. Average 12.1 yards per carry. Tulane rushed it for 305 yards. And shout out to the guy. Do, do you guys remember the David Cutcliffe-era Nike shirts? 
They were the ones that had the, yeah. the, the, the collar was one color, and the cuffs on the sleeve were the same color. So like a contrasting color to a white shirt within the Nike suit. Some some official for Tulane just had one of those on. That's like a like a like a nineteen ninety eight Nike model Tulane shirt that the guy was rocking. It's a classic. Love it. Love it. By the way, we just Random got Southern Miss a transitive win. Southern Miss transitive win over USC. Two losses this year for Tulane. One yeah. of them to the Southern Miss Golden Eagles in the regular season. One of them mm-hmm. to UCF in the regular season. They beat UCF in the American Conference Championship game on their own field, earning the automatic berth into the Cotton Bowl, and they beat Southern Cal. And now the scene shifts to Rose Bowl Stadium, where Utah and Penn State are about to meet, and the crowd is 70% Utah. A lot of red in the Rose Bowl. Sports Talk Mississippi, winners and losers coming up next. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome on Super Talk Mississippi. How the four o'clock hour can be as much fun as the three o'clock hour was. That was great. <laughs> Tulane trailed 45 30 to Southern Cal with four and a half minutes to play. They scored a touchdown to make it 40 to 36, kicked the extra point. That was with 407 remaining. They got a safety that made it 45-39 with 3 minutes and 20 seconds to play. Then they went 12 plays and 66 yards in 3 minutes and 11 seconds. A touchdown pass from the 6-yard line to go to tie the game at 45. Extra point was good by Mr. Ambrosio, and Tulane wins 46-45 over the Southern Cal Trojans in the Cotton Bowl, and it was indeed a classic we have had a flyover at Rose Bowl Stadium. Uh, B1B Lancers, a pair of them. It was glorious at the end of the national anthem. A Rose Bowl that's about 70% Utah fans. Packed house, beautiful as always. Utah and Penn State. It will be the penultimate college football game of the 2022 season, even though we are now in 2023. We still have the national championship game coming up one week from tonight when Georgia will meet TCU in the final game of the 2022 season. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Yesterday would have been a great day to be on the golf course. 72 and sunny in Mississippi on the first day of a new year. Not a bad way to start a new season. Even if you can't play golf right away, you can go ahead and book your tee time for the spring at the Dancing Rabbit. Either of their two 18-hole championship courses would be great, the Oaks or the Azaleas. DancingRabbitGolf.com to book your tee time or plan your trip today. You can join us on the C Spire text line, 601 601- Eight seven nine four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business. Seaspire.com slash business. We did not do this last week, and so we must make amends. It's time on this Monday, the first Monday of the new year, for winners and losers. Order, order, order. 
got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. New Year, but the rules are the same. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? We put what you liked in the winner's category and what you didn't like in the loser's category. We just had an instant winner, by the way, with uh, Tulane winning in the Cotton Bowl. We've had a lot of other winners throughout the bowl season. So let's start 2023 on a positive note. Brian, hey, Dad, you may hit the leadoff with the first winner of the new year. How can I not go with, with the first winner of the new year in college football, and that would be Mississippi State and Zach Arnett, to, to, to come through such a unbelievably emotionally exhausting month and find a way to win in a game where, honestly, where things weren't going your way for most of the game uh, offensively, uh, where you had to kind of just hang on and hang on and, 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 and grind it out, as you, you, know, you, you said earlier. That was a good win and a good start to his his tenure as Mississippi State's head coach. Um, and now, you know, we've we've got a long way to go before we get to spring practice. So it's going to be a lot of new faces in the in the next few weeks as as Zach Arnett makes this program his own. But he got the win today, and and Mike Leach got the win as well. Uh, Cam Young just tweeted it said, "This was Mike Leach's team. Give him this win. Put him in the Hall of Fame." Uh, I've heard that that's going to happen. That they're going to make an exception for Mike Leach. Who was under their we're winning percentage uh, minimum requirement by 0.4 percent, uh, and I think that's that's richly deserved for a man who who did so much, not only as a coach but as just a, a man who influenced the way the game is played today. Fully agree with you on uh, on that point. Hopefully, that will uh, be something that happens in the future. Michael Borky, give me a winner. Um, it's pretty obvious. College football. So all off season, all we heard was complaining, and not just from if people out there in our audience, but even people with platforms. I heard it on a national show on Fox Sports Radio. All off season, we saw it everywhere. College football is ruined. The fact that players can get money beyond their scholarship is destroying the sport. The fact that they can transfer. Freely, like a regular student can, is terrible for the sport. College football is ruined. It's unrecognizable. It's awful. And then the season kicks off, and suddenly you get a bunch of really compelling games and big-time atmospheres. And then you get parity. A bunch of teams at the top that all seemingly look flawed and can all beat each other. And, and you had upsets and big environments and parity. And then you had the playoff games, which were incredible football games, including the last-second field goal that was missed by Ohio State to win was kicked at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve. Even Jack Harlow's appearance on College Game Day couldn't ruin the incredible season that was college football. Nothing looked different. In fact, it looked better. All of the crying and complaining and carrying on about how the sport is ruined didn't reflect in the television ratings and didn't reflect in the feelings, buddy. This season was awesome because college football is awesome and some extra money is not changing that fact and some players on your team transferring is not changing that fact either. College football, the best, always 
but especially this year and this past weekend. Hey, Dan, I'm going to turn to you for one more winner. I'm looking for something specific, and I want to try and get this right when I do it. So uh, give me another winner. Hey, Dan. Uh, okay. Um, well, you caught me off guard. I won't lie. Sort of what he was talking about. we got to go with TCU, right? I mean, I don't think anybody was playing, you know, the they can't win with TCU, but they were a pretty heavy underdog, and, and there weren't a, there wasn't a lot of faith in them. And all they did was go out and, and get a big lead and then find a way to hold on to it and just really, I mean, that, that might be Jim Harbaugh's last game at Michigan based on a lot of the rumors that, that we're hearing about them going into the NFL. So yeah. I thought TCU played really, really well. They're a fun team to watch. I like Sonny Dykes. I'm excited to see what they can do against Georgia. Fourth quarter Stetson Bennett is a winner. Stetson Bennett in the fourth quarter of the college football playoff semifinal game against Ohio State was 10 of 12 for 190 yards and two touchdowns, including a 76-yard pass. Now, the rest of the game, Stetson Bennett was, you know, less wintry. There were some really questionable decisions throughout the course of the game. For the game, Stetson Bennett was 23 of 34, Three touchdowns, 398 yards, had an interception, uh, just some bad decisions all the way around. But fourth quarter, Stetson Bennett, 10 of 12 for a buck 90 and two touchdowns. He deserves to be on the winner's list as Georgia is for the second consecutive year as an undefeated team headed to the national championship game last year. I'm sorry, no, they had a, they were a one-loss team going to the title game a year ago after losing, trying to become an undefeated national champion when they will face TCU. It was incredible. Uh, really, what what a game. Came down to uh, to a 50-yard field goal as time expired. And, Borky, you said at the stroke of midnight, it isn't the – I had two TVs going. And, and now it was technically after midnight where I was because they were streaming – but as the ball was snapped and the kick was in the air, the ball was on its way down. And I think that mm-hmm. ball was kicked in 2022, and it landed in 2023. Yeah. yeah. That's, awesome. That's an awesome thing. There are videos online that you can find of Ohio State fans like in their living room. At, at There's one especially I saw. It's, it's clearly a dad. He's sitting in a chair just with his – his hands in his face, and and you see the TV in the background, and it's it's the mom I assume recording her and their at least two children with like the the little blowers in their mouths and stuff, and they're counting down, and they say Happy New Year, and he goes No, and he falls flat on his face. <laughs> <laughs> some, some some kisses got interrupted to uh, for for profanity so, on some of the TikToks that I've seen. So Ohio legalized <clears throat> sports gambling on the first, and at the, some of the sports books there, they had like this big when the clock you know hit midnight, they had balloons falling and stuff like that in Ohio. So you got a bunch of Ohio State fans watching the game at a sports book, and when it hits midnight, their team loses and balloons fall from. The I, I saw a tweet of somebody who said they were in a sports bar, not even a sports book, watching the game. Stroke of midnight, balloons fall. Says worst read of the room ever. <laughs> 
all uh, all rolled into uh, all rolled into one. Uh, we'll get to more winners and losers when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Monday afternoon, January second, twenty twenty three. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi continuing winners and losers with you on this Monday afternoon, the first Monday of the new year. Thanks for being with us. Hope you had a great holiday season and a good New Year's weekend. Did you guys do anything fun on New Year's Eve? Yeah, I watched the college football playoff. It was unbelievable. Pretty good. Two of the best games I've ever seen. By, all by yourself, just your family. Do you have people over? What was the What was the deal? No, nah, just we we didn't we didn't have anybody over. No, just, just the family. There you go. It was a uh, fun fun night at the Cross House. Just uh, some of our best friends came over. Kids had some uh, friends over. Uh, pretty good. Uh, pretty good eating too. Did salmon and uh, fillets also, and uh, had some. Twice baked potatoes mixed in there. It's good apps and the whole deal. So a fun night to uh, to ring in the new year. Uh, they laughed at me. We were sitting outside watching uh, the TV, and I kind of maybe drifted off, nodded off just for a second at about ten forty-five. But I rallied beautifully and uh, got to uh, see the end of the games. It was just it was, it was very very brief thirty thirty seconds or uh, or less. Hey, any other winners we need to get to before we uh, move over to losers and then go to the ceasefire text line? I think the state was already given, but Zach Arnett specifically. I mean, we talked about it when it happened when he was named head coach, but the unprecedented situation that he took over, and the job for the last three weeks has not been put your stamp on the program. It's been just get through. Get through signing day. Keep your roster intact as best you can get through the bowl game. It's a near impossible thing that he navigated extremely well. Now it's time for him to put his stamp on the program moving mm-hmm. forward. Today was not a Zach Arnett coached Mississippi State team. It, I have a feeling it's going to look pretty significantly different, at least in terms of style and, as you mentioned before, uh, the the label, the narrative about the team is going to shift pretty dramatically, even though they've played defense like that for three years. But but going through that and handling that the way he did and capping that off with a bull win is really impressive. When you think about what they had to deal with, how quickly it all came. I mean, it went from Mike Leach tragically passes away to uh, you're the head coach now. Signing days in four days. Good luck. Oh, and by the way, you got to go play in a bowl game. To, to do all that and then win that game specifically because of your defense, takes a lot. That's really impressive. Yeah. I think that's also well of note, Arnett said in the postgame, he didn't call defensive plays today. Hmm. He allowed really? uh, Matt Brock to do that. He just signaled them in. 
So Matt Brock was your de facto defensive coordinator today. I expect him to take on that role in a permanent uh, fashion in the coming days. All right. We'll uh, we'll see how that plays out. Any losers that we need to uh, that we need to get to? Got a funny one. I had, sorry, it's a golf one, but uh, Augusta National. <sighs> Augusta National, kind of a loser, and here's why. So Scott Stallings uh, qualified oh, for the Masters for a win. Got this a, is a funny story. Got a direct message on social media that said, "Hey Scott." My name is Scott Stallings as well, and I'm from Georgia. My wife's name is Jennifer, too. Her Instagram is blocked out. We have a condo at, also blocked out. And I received a FedEx today from the Masters inviting me to play in the tournament. I'm 100% sure this is not for me. I play, but wow, nowhere near your level. It's a very nice package, complete with everything needed to attend. I think we have some confusion because of our names, our wife's names, and geographical location. I can be reached at, put his phone number, blacked out. And I'm more than happy to send you this package. And he followed it up with, I'm really not kidding, I promise, and had two pictures of the invitation that Augusta National sent to the wrong Scott Stallings instead of the guy that uh, actually qualified for their tournament. Was that the right play, or or should he have instead contacted Augusta National and said, Hey, you might want to send this to a different Scott Stallings, but I'd really like to keep this as a memento. Or, for my trouble and for not embarrassing you publicly, could you help a brother out with some tickets? Or, or something along those lines. Did, there did there, there was something that could have right been worked way? out, yeah. He handled it in the absolute nicest way, I think. Yes, you or I probably would have gone down the, I'm going to reach out to Augusta National, and I'm going to be like, if you guys want to look like idiots, that's fine, but I would like to get something out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a cool story, and the guy got a little fame out of it, and everybody laughed online, and it's obviously an honest mistake, yeah. but... Uh, Scott, the player, yeah. should sling him a couple passes, though. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, yeah, you you would think that Scott Stallings would uh, perhaps say, "Hey, buddy, why don't you be my guest? Yeah. Nice to meet you and your wife." Here's a pair for the Thursday round. Have fun. Yeah, or be yeah. my caddy for the par three. That that's the real. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you might be asking a lot. You should haggle though. If you've got all the cards, you should send Scott that message and hold his invitation ransom until he gives you exactly what you want. Yeah, see, now you're just into jerk territory, Borky. Is it? You know, dog-eat-dog world out there. I suppose. I suppose. Uh, Let's go to the – any other losers that were just – let's go to the ceasefire text line. Hunter in Columbus, speaking of the Masters, winner. Masters for letting live players play, and that guy will get something out of it. That's from Hunter in Columbus. So, yeah, you're going to get the best players in the world regardless of the tour in which they play. When April rolls, rolls around, by the way, uh, already saw some uh, saw and heard some promos for the Masters, Jim Nance, in a tradition unlike any other. It'll be here before we know it. Mike sends us a message. Mike in Oxford, Happy New Year to you. Longtime listener of the show. He says, I don't care that the Tulane went on to win the game. The official who claimed no targeting is the loser of all time. He says the Big Ten is also a loser. They lost more college football playoff semifinals Saturday than the SEC has lost in nine years. Hmm. Okay. I do think, though, 
that w- with what happened in the regular season and what happened in the playoff games and what what's happened in bowl games otherwise, that we got some pushback on this, or at least I did anyway. The SEC is the best college football league in America. It is. I'm, I would never argue against that until that changes. It has not changed. But the gap is not as wide as people around here want to sell to you. When the committee announced the final four teams and Alabama didn't make it, you had people, including media around here, saying that Alabama belonged over TCU because 10-2 and in the SEC is the same as undefeated in the Big 12. And that's just not the case. The SEC is better than the Big 12 for sure. But Alabama and TCU had a common opponent. TCU beat them by more. To just dismiss... An undefeated regular season in a different Power 5 league because it's not SEC has been proven kind of kind of stinky now. I think it's kind of a bad take now. TCU earned their spot, and they proved that they earned their spot just like Ohio State did. They didn't win the game, but Ohio State played Georgia down to the last second field goal. Ohio State belonged there as well. The committee got it right. The SEC is the best, but the gap is smaller. Than people think it is, and, and and you know what I would add to that when when you look at this postseason, TCU absolutely belonged, Michigan belonged, they earned it, Georgia belonged, they mm-hmm. earned it, Ohio State belonged, they earned it. Do you know what? There were other teams that were good enough. Alabama was absolutely good enough to be a playoff team. I think Tulane just showed us that they were good enough to be a playoff team. Maybe a slightly differently motivated Southern Cal. I, I don't know. I mean, Southern Cal's defense isn't very good. They they did everything they needed to do offensively to win, and, and they didn't win. A 12-team playoff would have been fun. So we're all eventually going to be winners when we get to a 12-team playoff. And I felt like this year's semifinal games kind of poked a hole in that, oh, the semifinals are always blowout narrative people. Just had to get Alabama out, and we're, yeah. we're all good. And, and I know, Al- I mean, Alabama looked great against Kansas State, right? They they did, absolutely. They did. But that Kansas State team beat TCU. They did. The the, the last time mm-hmm. they played, that mm-hmm. Michigan team smoked Ohio State in Columbus. Yes. Uh, so th- this year, I mean, t- teams I think, are beatable. Yes, all of them were. Look, man, we watched Georgia. Georgia is beatable. With the right combination. You hit a 50-yard field goal, you win. And that was managed poorly by Ryan Day. They sh- they could have been closer. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, you're right. Uh, oh, let's see. We got a bunch of these on the uh, on the C Spire text line. Uh, boo Miss uh, Winner, Mississippi State running back Simeon Price. Seven carries for 67 yards and was huge on the game-winning drive. Absolutely correct. Winner, Alabama football for showing the world that they should have been in the playoffs. How about just showing up for the Sugar Bowl, period? Did they show people that? Who would, who should they have gotten in over? I think they showed they were good enough to be in the playoffs. But no, I don't think they deserve to be in over any of the four teams that were there. We'll continue this when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi.
Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Want to uh, pay this off for you? A lot of you sending your winners and losers in on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Biggest winners, Tulane. Well, Mississippi State would win their game all along, but the Tulane win, I did not see that one coming. That on the ceasefire. Text line. Donald makes an observation. This not so much about winners and losers. He says, I noticed a couple of times where Leach probably would have gone for it on fourth down, but Arnett did not. I think that's one area that will be different for sure going forward. Maybe so. Yeah, There's a lot of questions, and some of them will soon be answered, but it's everything, right? Because now that they have gotten through the bowl game, the next question is, what is their offensive style going to look like? I was talking to a state fan over the weekend, and he said, oh, I hope they run, keep running the air raid to, to honor Mike Leach. And, and I said to him, I was like, you don't pick an offensive style to honor somebody. This has got to be whatever Zach Arnett wants to do, uh, with no influence by anybody other than Zach Arnett. If he likes it, then so be it. But uh, we don't know how much he likes it. We don't know what he thinks about it. We don't know if he loves it or hates it or somewhere in between. <laughs> Frankly, we don't know what he thinks about his quarterback situation. Uh, we don't know if he likes the one that they're bringing in or, or thinks that they should have gone a different direction. We don't know what he thinks about Will Rogers. We don't know what the new offensive coordinator thinks about any of this. It may be similar, but just because it's been a certain way for the last three years doesn't mean that as the defensive coordinator, he had any say in how it went. It was, that's your side of the ball, that's what you deal with, and that's it. We're about to see now what Zach Arnett thinks his or, or what his style is going to be, what his approach is going to be mm-hmm. with with staff yeah. hires and things like that. This is going to be very unfortunately because of how this happened, but it's going to be very fascinating to see the direction that he takes this thing because he doesn't have to. I mean, what, what happens if he wants a tight end? What, what happens if his offensive coordinator wants tight ends? Sure. All of these questions that are about to be answered relatively soon, but just because it's been a certain way doesn't mean it's going to continue being that certain way. Zach Arnett being a more conservative play caller than Mike Leach is maybe the least surprising thing ever. I mean, I'm just, I couldn't be any less surprised by that. Yes, it's definitely going to look different. Next year in Starkville, will there be a lot? I think there'll be a lot of air raid principles. You might even be able to term what Arnett wants to do offensively as air raid, but it's going to look different. It's going to look more like the TCU, the the Lincoln Riley version of the air raid, where there's a lot of of running back. You know, I don't know about the quarterback position because those guys like to have mobile guys, and you don't have that with Will Rogers. Do you take a peek in the portal? Do you see if somebody wants to get in there now? Once you make your hire, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but. It will look different, but it will also look a lot the same, I think. C-SPAR text line, when are the NFL prospects that decided to play for Mississippi State today? Yeah, you had some guys that uh, that played and played well in that game for the uh, Bulldogs loser. Zone read on third and nine. I don't know if that's pointing to anybody in particular, but uh, okay. I'll, uh, I'll give you that. Uh, let's see here. Mike in Oxford, winner, Coach Yo and the Lady Rebels, winners for the first time in Starkville in 16 years. Got you on the board. Yes, I just uh, I drew slightly closer in the season-long Mississippi State-Ole Miss 
um, competition. So seven games left. I went. I, so is it two to one or three to one? It's three to one because you said the egg bowl counts for two. Okay. So we've got uh, we've got two basketball games, another women's basket, two men's basketball games, another women's basketball game, and four regular season meetings between baseball. Could be more than seven. We could have postseason baseball meetings as well. Oh, now we're adding. We just said sports. We didn't specify where on the we calendar. Didn't, we, we didn't. We, I mean, you know, I tell you what. If we get to postseason, we'll, we'll figure it out from there. Yeah, that uh, see, that will we, that will work. If we see each other in Omaha, we will see each other in Omaha. Uh, losers, butthurt Bama fans who still think their two losses, which was also very close to being three to four losses, was more deserving than the justified selected playoff teams. Yeah, I had, okay, I had a couple people after Alabama won the Sugar Bowl. Uh, seek me out on Twitter and at me. See, I told you that Alabama belonged over TCU. It's like, do you want to let TCU play first? And sure enough, they prove that they belong. It's very simple. Don't lose two regular season games. Just don't lose those games and you make the playoff. In the current environment. Just don't lose them. That's it. And in the next environment, if you get snubbed, win your conference. Oh, but the ACC's easier. Okay, win yours. But, but those are the rules on how you get in. Tim and McGee winner sports talk for the entire year of 2022. You guys are great. Thanks, Tim. We appreciate that hey, very thanks. much. Uh, Hunter also yeah. says that we're winners. He says, great show for years, and this year won't be any different, I'm sure. Hope your families are blessed this year. Thank you for the uh, for the kind words, Hunter. We appreciate you and uh, and all of you who listen on a uh, on a regular basis, who interact with us on the C Spire text line who, who don't, who just uh, have this show as part of your uh, your routine, whether it's daily or weekly or monthly or whenever you tune in. We're glad to have you along. So uh, an extended edition of Winners and Losers, kind of making up for not doing that last week. Hey, Dad and I just got carried away last week, and we didn't get to it. So we had fun. Apologies. Uh, we did have a good time. Uh, we absolutely did, and good to be back to uh, to start the new year on this Monday. We we are in basketball season as well. We get the hoops coming up this week. Uh, we do have. Hold on, we got a couple left. Another winner for sports talk. Thank you, Southern Miss basketball winner off to a two and zero start in the Sun Belt. Southern Miss thirteen and two overall. They got a couple of Sun Belt wins. Uh, last week and over the weekend to uh, jump out to a uh, a good start in conference play. Very well said. Uh, Shaq Bully, let's not go crazy. He says, does Tulane belong in the SEC? No, they would, don't. Should never have left. Would love to know what they would look like had they not left. Yeah. Let's change them for, uh, for Missouri right now. Hmm. Uh, yeah, having New Orleans on your schedule every other year would be pretty nice as a as a fan in a road trip. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad. And it'd be interesting to see if Tulane's fan base had grown along the way because they are a small private school and they would have yeah. been they would have remained a small private school like Vanderbilt. Uh, kind of feels like maybe they would have been more invested than Vanderbilt has in yeah. uh, been along the way, but who knows? Yeah, that's a big they could have recruited culture, local man. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, so yeah, I, think, um, I think I think you're right. I, I told you guys fire trucks came earlier today, so we are doing some yeah. uh, beginning of the year renovations to uh, to Jane's store. Uh, it's it's 
remodeling, but there's some structural things that had to happen as well. And and so we pulled the floors out and pulled the subfloor out and the uh, the floor joists, just replacing those. It's going to be a nice, solid, level, firm foundation, exactly as you need it, so that everything else can be level in the store. Just, yeah, old building, great, you know, great landlords, everybody's on the same page, really good stuff. Um, had had the doors open for most of the day, but we were pulling the floor out in the area that was right around the door, and there was a demo saw that was going and it was smoking considerably. And I was in the back of the store. I was like, wait, what is that noise? I was like, that's the smoke alarm. So I go kind of like hopping over floor joists and explodes floor and tripping over bricks, and I get to the keypad and key it in, and the smoke alarm stops. I'm like, okay, good. Maybe I got to it in time. And about five minutes later, I hear, I was like, uh-oh, here they come. Fire department shows up, and I'm, I'm like, wait, but I'm like, it's okay. Guy hops out of his truck. We got two guys in it. I mean, they're in full-on fireman gear. Got a, a tank on his back. He's ready to pop his his mask on and his helmet. I'm like, hey, hey it's 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 okay. And the guy who is, like, in charge, he's not in full gear yet. He's like, uh, he, he was driving the truck. He's like, what's up? I was like, Saul was smoking inside. I thought I turned it off quickly enough. Sorry about that. He's like. Then they look at you and they look at you and go, "Oh God, not you again!" He kind of looked at me sideways. I was like, "You want you want to come inside and check it out since you're here?" He's like, "Sure." Kind of peeked in. He's like, "Okay." He's like, "Maybe you want to uh, call your alarm company and let them know you're doing some renovations, and they can dial it back on the warnings." And yeah, I'll I'll do that, bud. Sorry about that. So uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there we go. Uh, fire department. This time they didn't have to come for a fire, though, which is it's great. I apologized for rousing them from whatever they were doing at the time, the middle of the day. I don't know. Maybe, maybe those guys, maybe there's an adrenaline rush when the alarm goes off and they have to gear up and jump in the... I, probably not. Anyway. So, yeah. Um, did you want that story to be juicier than it actually was? Hey, Dad, did I just disappoint you? No, it's just funny that your mishaps with the, with the Oxford Fire Department. Eh? They're going to start putting your picture up on the wall and be like, this is our guy. Yeah. Probably already there. It's possible. <laughs> as long as it's not on the uh, on the wall in the post office, I guess we are uh, okay. You're doing good, yeah. yeah. We will uh, we'll put a bow on the 4 o'clock hour when we come back <laughs> with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. continues. Thanks for being with us this afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi, coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Today is the last day. If you have been meaning to go ice skating for over a month now and you just haven't gotten it done, well, the clock is ticking. This is your last chance. Holly Jolly Holidays ends today. Kids go back to school tomorrow and the ice rink will go away. If you want to go ice skating, today is your day to do just that at the Oxford City Pavilion. It's the intersection of uh, University Avenue and Bramlett Boulevard. 
uh, right across the street from Cheney's Pharmacy. For all of the activities that are happening this spring in Oxford, and goodness knows there are a bunch of them that are on the horizon, you can go to the website visitoxfordms.com and check out the calendar of events. We are glad to be with you. How about this? New to watching you guys on TV. After hearing your fire department story, Richard, I realized that you are not all in the same studio. Aha! Where are the other two boys since you are in Oxford? Yeah, I, I am in Oxford. Hey, Dad is in Starkville. Michael Borky is at our network studios in Jackson. Uh, this show can function without Brian Haydad in Starkville. This show can function without Richard Cross in Oxford. This show cannot function without Michael Borky in Jackson. So he is in the biggest of big chairs. you remember uh, that. He, uh, well, you know, technically anyway. <laughs> I mean, if it were up to us, Borky, we'd, you know, he'd be making the big money. But it's not up to us. Dwayne and Brandon says the firemen were probably watching the state game. Shame on you, Richard. My apologies. I, I have I have already apologized to them, uh, to their faces, and so perhaps they're listening this <laughs> afternoon. And I apologize once again to them for uh, for messing up their day for no good reason at all. Hey, Dad, did you apologize by the way from last year for what for your Tone of divisiveness in yeah. speaking to. Um, I apologized uh, on this show. I said if anybody was offended. Oh, that's right. Well, there was. I was heartily sorry. There was a guy who joke lightheartedly, of course, said that uh, his daughter Murphy said you were not mm-hmm. being very nice. She's four. Oh yeah. And that you needed to well, apologize to Murphy because you weren't being very nice. Murphy, and I told him that you apologize you- for Murphy. His little four-year-old Murphy. Murphy. I, want to go and, I want to tell you, that was me being nice. I could be much, much meaner <laughs> than that. I'm, I'm very, very grinchy when I want to be. But I will try to do better, Murphy. Thank you. Yes. I think Murphy's the only person that you should apologize to, in my opinion. But that's just me. So yeah, hey, Dad's got apologize got, to Murphy. Hey, Dad's got multiple reasons to be happy. Had a late in the year vacation. Came back super happy for Christmas. Had to, so he had back-to-back short work weeks. Uh, you know, a lot, lot of good. He's got lights on his grill outside. He he sent me that picture over the course of the weekend. That's right. I, I I sent I didn't send it to Borky. I, yeah, I, I got a light out there now, Borky. He, I was right. able to grill past five o'clock yesterday. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he he's fired up about that. And uh, and and well, there's one other reason I think that Haydad should be happy. You remember last year when Haydad got the old cough? It lasted for like four months. He bad. took a little time off, and I mean, just back to a hundred percent in no time at all. Like ninety six percent. Well, I mean, are you ever thing. really at a hundred percent? Let's be no, here. no. So ninety six percent, we're gonna be yeah, we're, we're gonna be okay That's the high with end. that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll maybe get to some basketball tomorrow. I just take a quick peek. Uh, is Mississippi State's game tomorrow night or Wednesday night? Tomorrow night. Okay, so Ole Miss plays at Alabama tomorrow night at 8 p.m. on the SEC Network. State is on the road? At Tennessee. Yeah. 6 o'clock, too? So, just so I, I'll have to double-check that, but it's tomorrow on the road. So Okay. It's interesting. So you're telling me that State started with Alabama at home and then goes to Tennessee, and Ole Miss had Tennessee at home and then goes to Alabama. 
Uh, yes, that is that is exactly what I'm telling you, actually. Okay, sure, sure, why not? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. The, the yeah, just a scheduling court. RNG is uh, not in our favor here. Uh, South Carolina at Vandy tomorrow night at 6. Mississippi State at Tennessee tomorrow night at 6. LSU at Kentucky tomorrow night at 7. Ole Miss at Alabama tomorrow night at 8. Uh, LSU, good win against Arkansas at home to uh, start league play. Yeah. Your SEC net rankings going into, for most game two, for some game one of conference play, uh, Tennessee three, Alabama eight, Arkansas 12, Missouri 32. Missouri, ooh, they beat the dog out of Kentucky in A Columbia win, yeah. on Wednesday night. Uh, Auburn 35, Mississippi State 37, Kentucky 41. All of those teams in really good shape in terms of net ranking when you're thinking about the postseason. The rest of these teams work to do a lot. Hold on, let's, let's, add, let's add one more to the in good shape. USM 46. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Florida at 61, LSU 75, Ole Miss 87, A&M 99, Vandy 116, Georgia 127, South Carolina 263. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour coming up. We'll start it off with the college football fix. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this first edition of the show of 2023. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit PearlRiverResort.com to see everything that's happening, whether it's great food, great entertainment, gaming options, golf, or the sports book. You can find it all at Pearl River Resort and PearlRiverResort.com. We'd love to, for you to be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from C Spire and C Spire Business. It's backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do, here in C Spire country. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. Guys, it's not very often that a university president gets involved in throwing shade. But that is what we have from President Randall at the University of Utah. Utah playing Penn State in the Rose Bowl right now. And so not only did President Randall take a bit of a shot at the Rose Bowl opponent, but also an outgoing member of the Pac-12. In 1923, 100 years ago, Penn State showed up to play their first Rose Bowl. Guess who they lost to? USC, 14-13. They had a chance to redeem themselves in 2008 when they played the Trojans again. They lost 38-17. And then they showed back up in 2017, and they lost a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter to the Trojans and lost 52-49. So in the last 100 years, they've lost three times to the Trojans. And we've beat them twice in the last 48 days. Maybe that's why USC wants to join the Big Ten. Boom! University yes. presidential 
Smack. I need Dr. Keenum dropping smack like that on people. I want to see that. And with that, we welcome you to the first edition of the College Football Fix of 2023. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough, but don't stop there. Get yourself to your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Find either a remaining 2022 or brand-new 2023 F-150 on the lot. Test drive it. You are going to want to take it home. Ratings for the college football playoffs, really good. How good? Well, you remember that there is a built-in bias in playing on a non-New Year's Day. Right, you remember the last time we had college football playoff semifinals on New Year's Eve, and the ratings were just not very good. Like off what, Borky, 20, 30% from the previous year? Yeah. Not the case this year. The Fiesta Bowl between Michigan and TCU averaged twenty one point four million and peaked at a twenty six point four million audience. Peach Bowl between Georgia and Ohio State averaged 22.4 million and peaked at 23.9 million. It's a 21% year-over-year increase, and it marks a new high watermark for a non-New Year's Day semifinal. Highest viewership number in the last five years. Quite frankly, the college football playoff rankings have been troubling. They've been trending down. This is a really, really good piece of news for TV officials and for just college football, period. You you want your biggest games to be watched by tons and tons of people, and they were, even on New Year's Eve. Yeah, would have been even bigger had they not been, but it just kind of had to work out that way. It is what it is. I mean, you're not going to compete with the NFL because even – the playoff games and how great they were are still losing to the NFL 100 times out of 100. It just is what it is. But it, it, it's a mark. People ask me sometimes why I pay so much attention to that because I think it's a mark of people's interest. And the, the fact that they were so big tells me, it, it, and it's not just because the games were good. That, that is an average from start to finish. And yes, better games <clears throat> keep an audience longer, but still, people were engaged from the beginning, and that is a result of a season that was really fun and interesting and compelling that led to having fun, interesting and compelling matchups, which the games bore that fruit out. There is something that cracked me up, and we talked about it some going into that TCU-Michigan game, was the criticism of TCU while they played too many close games. The chairman of the playoff selection committee, who ended up giving them the benefit of the doubt, I suppose, ranked them during the season. Ah, uh, well, but they're winning games, but winning games close. And a lot of people bought into that narrative as well. You know, TCU doesn't belong ahead of Alabama because, yeah, they've won games, but those games have been close, and Alabama would have won them by more because I would have <laughs> bet on them to do so. Just arbitrary stuff. And then what did TCU do when the game was close? Every time Michigan threw a punch, what did TCU do? They didn't flinch. They absorbed that punch, and they countered right back. Time and time again for four quarters and over four hours of football, TCU was completely and totally unfazed 
by a close game where every play mattered on that stage because they had done it all season long. There is something to be said about a team that just knows how to win. And that was a criticism for most of the season when it should have been, that team in a close game knows what they're doing. They're comfortable there. They didn't make mistakes. They had a drop that led to an interception, but they didn't make mistakes. Max Duggan was completely and totally comfortable with the ball in his hand when the game mattered because he had done it all season long. There's something to be said by that, and people lost that in the discourse around should they be in or should Alabama be in. And and TCU had a different script than they've used for much of the year, right? It's been other teams jumping out to a big lead and then TCU clawing its way back. It was TCU who jumped out to a 7 to nothing lead. And then a 14 nothing lead. And by the way, it wouldn't have been a 7 to nothing lead if Michigan hadn't gotten cute down around the 1-yard line and tried to kind of run a gadget play on fourth down. They chose not to put points on the board to score first with a field goal. And then they chose not to trust their Joe Moore award-winning offensive line to just get it in. And then uh, TCU scores first. It's seven to nothing, and then it's fourteen to nothing. Michigan kicks a field goal. It's fourteen to three. Then it's twenty-one to three. Twenty-one to six at halftime as Michigan hit a fifty-nine-yard field goal going into the locker room. We are leaving out that Michigan had a, a touchdown overturned. That was yes. a touchdown. Yes. We well, we think that was a touchdown. There's no doubt in my mind. His rump was down and his knee was down, but he didn't have control of the ball. When he finally controlled the ball, regardless of the fact that his knee and his butt were down before that, outside the end zone, the ball was across the goal. Yes, it was a touchdown. It's a touchdown, and it was called a touchdown on the field, and then it was overturned, and then they fumbled on the next play. Would it have? Change the outcome of the game? I don't know. No idea. Because you don't know what happens after something happens. But it was huge. And there were a couple of targeting calls that left us scratching our heads going, wait, what is it is or it isn't? Yes or no? Um, yeah, and th- th- there was one in the Georgia game, too. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. got literally knocked out of the game on a hit that I've seen called targeting before. Knocked him out of the game. I would 100% argue that that was not targeting. The rule is broken regardless. I mean, it's, I, it's I, so bad. I, I don't know how the powers that be can sit back and watch it <clears> and think that the way it's enforced and the way it's called is appropriate. But they're okay with the status quo because they feel like it protects them. And it makes it look like they're doing well, something. Yeah, and, and what's, But it's not good for the game. No, and what's frustrating is guys get kicked out of these games when they watch the hit in super duper slow mo. And so when you, it's it, a great because because football happens at full speed. Yes, and so if Warp you're speed even if you're a linebacker, right, and and maybe you take your read step and you realize the hole is one gap over and you're kind of out of position, right? So you got a quick adjust and you are essentially diving to make a tackle and you have committed to the tackle, and your body is already there, and then the running back sees you and drops his head down, and your helmet hits his. You get kicked out of a game, and the the way they determine that 
is by slowing it down. And when you slow it down and the hit takes 15 seconds for you to see, it looks like he should have adjusted and been lower. But when in reality, when he committed to the tackle, he was in good position, then the running back lowered his head, and at that point there's nothing you can do. But in slow-mo, it just looks like he should have adjusted, and he didn't, and out of the game. It's a bad way to do it. Yeah. And and oh my, and how forgot. dumb is the rule? How dumb is the rule? Ladarius Tennyson will miss the first half of Ole Miss's game against Mercer next season. An eight-month penalty. What were you going to say, hey, Dad? 20 seconds? I, f- I forgot a loser. The stiffs from Allstate who said Alabanza and Alabamba, they deserve special mention. Maybe not drink so much before the game, buddy. I don't know. Sports talk, Mr. You're going to be, we'll be talking live. This Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. over Utah. Utah with the ball. Three and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. And they have it uh, inside the Penn State 30-yard line. Ball's at 28. So uh, Utah trailing 7-0. Answered with a touchdown just a moment ago to tie the game at 7. Penn State immediately followed that up with a touchdown to go back up by a score. And now Utah trying to answer once more. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Porky, thank you for being with us this afternoon. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to hear from you on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Um, we need to go back to uh, the Mississippi State game. Mississippi State winning over Illinois earlier today. 19-10 the final in the ReliaQuest Bowl. But before we do that, and, and kind of as a jumping-off point for that conversation, Bruce Feldman on Twitter, Mississippi State is making some changes, as was to be expected. Matt Dudek, who's run recruiting at, he says MSU, I assume that's Michigan State, Michigan, Pitt, and Arizona, and Brittany Thackeray, who ran the personnel department, will be gone. Expect Thackeray. I think MSU to... is. What are we talking? I think about? MSU is Mississippi State in in that regard. He's letting people know what Dudek does at Mississippi State. Okay. <laughs> so is this just saying people that are leaving? Correct. Matt Dudek and Brittany okay. Thackeray are not expected to be a part of Zach Arnett's support gotcha. staff. Gotcha. Thackeray is expected to end up on Southern Cal's staff, and he says also big moves coming on the MSU offensive staff. Hey, Dan, what, what are you hearing in terms of Mississippi State coaching changes? What's on the horizon? That Bruce is correct, that there's going to be a sort of a, an overhaul. Uh, there'll be a new offensive coordinator They've got to figure out, does the new offensive coordinator coach quarterbacks, or do you have to bring somebody else in for that? Um, I expect 
the wide receiver position to be uh, brought down to one. I expect it to be a wide receivers coach because, honestly, I expect there to be a tight ends coach needing to be brought aboard uh, when this is all said and done. Defensively, I mentioned it earlier, I expect Matt Brock to get the uh, the, the bump up to defensive coordinator. Uh, there may be a little shuffle there, but the only offensive coach that I would – I would would not. I think is is not leaving for sure. You know, they could keep somebody else. They could keep Washington. They could keep Hollingshead. Whatever. I think Mason Miller will be back in Starville next year for sure. The rest of them, it's it's up in the air as of this moment. Okay. It's rather significant. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I mean, Arnett's going to reshape the entire side of the ball. Yeah, because I. Arnett, and this is Arnett's prerogative to do this. I mean, he is the new head coach. Obviously, you know he. You would hate to you know lose, and well, these aren't even my guys. You got to be able to at least say, at least I lost with my guys. You, you have um, to and be I, like able I said, to build your staff. Exactly, and I, I and it's it's kind of it sucks, right? Because it's it's not Spurrier's fault. Let's just let's just use him as an example, right? You know, had Mike Leach not passed away, Steve Spurrier Jr. would have been. The wide receiver, the outside wide receivers coach, and the passing game coordinator for Mississippi State. No questions asked, right? Coming off a nine-win season, you're not shuffling things around. You know, you're not you're not forcing people out. But because you have this tragic situation, this is some collateral damage to that. So there will be some new faces and and a, a new a new style of offense. It's not going to be the same air raid. You might not even call it air raid. It'll have a, some because all offenses do. It'll have a, a good chunk of air raid principles, but. The way Mississippi State played on offense in 2022 and the way it will play in 2023, they're going to be different. There's just no getting around that. It, yeah. it, it, that needed to happen. It, it, it needed to happen. It, it's, it feels callous to talk about this in this way, but it needed to happen. State offensively this season uh, did not perform consistently good enough to not mm-hmm. make some kind of change. Things have to be different. Sure. They, they, I mean... I'm thinking of like the night in Lexington, for example. And it happened again today. They didn't win the game because of offense today. They, they won the game because Zach Arnett's defense was particularly good. Something had to give there. You uh, Running it back this exact way in 2023 felt like there was going to be a ceiling on the win-loss record for next year's team. Mm-hmm. You had to make... Something I don't know what kind of philosophy change Leach would have made had he had he still been here, but I, I think it's fair to think that I mean he's not dumb. He would he saw what was going on with the offense and how much more successful they were when they ran it consistently. They, yeah. You had to, to find a way to continue to do that. Now you're going to find an offense. It's not going to be fifty fifty, but you're going to see a much more committed approach to the running game. I think. And, and look. Head coach change or not, this next week is when staff changes happen on football staffs all over the country. Lane Kiffin said after the Texas Bowl that there were going to be changes on his staff. (laughs) And just frankly, the way it is now with the early signing period, you get through signing day, you get through the bowl season, then you make the changes to your staff. It helps you keep together a recruiting class, whether that's good, bad, right, wrong, whatever. It's just how it is. You're not going to make changes immediately after the season uh, unless they're just completely obvious changes um, uh, until you get through the early signing period. 
Football Scoop um, has reported that, according to sources, the following coaches are not expected to return. Drew Hollingshead, who is the inside receivers coach, Steve Spurrier Jr., the outside receivers coach, uh, running backs coach Jason Washington, defensive line coach Jeff Phelps. He also uh, mentions, I think it's John Bryce that had this report, uh, what Bruce Feldman said as well about Brittany Thackeray and Matt Dudek. Um, so, and says that other changes are possible as well. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes yeah. out. But I don't think Washington's the one that, there. that strikes me. Washington's the one that strikes me because Washington has been a good coach. He's a really good recruiter. And you think about him in his first year as a running backs coach ever. He's been a defensive coach his entire career. I thought State's running backs were really good this year. Thought they were improved and they were given more opportunities and they took advantage of them. So hate to see Washington leave the staff. Everybody else on that, on that list, I'm just kind of mad about. Congrats to Football Scoop though, getting back in the game, reporting news. They took all that time off right around the Egg Bowl, weren't reporting any news. Great job, guys. Glad to see you back in it. You seem bitter. That's not bitter. That's that's sarcasms. What that is. Okay, gotcha. Anyway. You don't agree. You don't disagree with much that's in that, though, do you? No, no. I think it's mostly accurate, largely. Yeah, don't know about maybe, maybe Phelps is one that I, Phelps is one that I, you know. I don't know how much Arnett wants to shuffle that staff around, um, but we'll see. Yeah, and you know we're, we're talking about Mississippi State right now, but Lane Kiffin made mention post game, uh, as I said just a second ago, after the, the Tax Act Texas poll, that there would be changes on his staff. And as of right now, we don't know exactly what those are going to be. They obviously already made a, a change at uh, offensive line. They have to make a significant change, uh, whether it's scheme or, or whatever, defensively. Have to. If you're going to run three down linemen, you better have dudes. You better have and dudes. I don't even know if having dudes is enough. But but also like see see too many people and I, I've I've had to push back on people because they're partially true when when and I saw it during the bowl game all oh, three three down linemen TCU's in the national championship game running three down linemen guys Mississippi State runs they a had three down they runs three down linemen. fifteen tackles for loss in the Egg Bowl running a three down lineman that is not the Ten issue today. people are incorrectly criticizing three. The three linemen thing. It's not that. It's that the, so often there's only five guys in the box. And so when you have five offensive linemen and you have to account for a quarterback and a running back, all they have to do is just for a second keep a defender off of you and then you have the Arkansas game. Sam Pittman said it after the game. Just, we, you know, they have a light box. We were just going to run on it and they didn't adjust. And so we just kept running at. Arkansas had a numbers advantage against Ole Miss. Nothing changed. There were times where Illinois, it felt like... Illinois today was a three-man front, but the majority of the time in their three-man front, they walked two linebackers down, so it looks like a five-man yeah. front. It's called it's a bare front. I mean, you, may, you may remember that from when you played high school football. Yeah. You know, you, know you, you go with a bare look where you've got basically a nose tackle and two defensive tackles, and and then you walk the linebackers up like they're ends. Yeah. So. Something's got to give there, whether it's whether it's staff or scheme or, or whatever. I'm certainly not going to sit here and call for somebody's job when it's when I'm not making $9 million to make those decisions. But defensively, 
specifically run defense, not good enough. Not anywhere close to good enough if you want to win games in the SEC. Chase makes a great point. He's like, you've got to have exceptional linebacker play in a three-man front to be uh, uh, for that to be successful. Well, and most teams have three. And of State them. had that. I, I was going to say, and, so much uh, this year. A, a lot of teams, it's a three-three stack where you've got six in the box, and Ole Miss, as its base, was going three-two within six defensive backs. Take the friggin' wax out of here! Did you hear me? This is Sports Talk. This is sports Talk, Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say, sports fans. Now here's more on Super Talk, Mississippi. in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, and it is tied at 14. Good game between Penn State and Utah. This is the uh, the last college football game until the national championship game, which will happen a week from tonight in uh, Southern California at uh, SoFi Stadium. You do have Monday night football tonight, which could be really good. The Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals. If you want uh, more football to add to your plate, you can uh, put that one in as uh, as well. Put that one in the queue. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the uh, C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. If uh, Genteel was not part of what you got for Christmas and you want to treat yourself in the new year, uh, you can stop by one of the men's uh, clothing stores, many men's clothing stores in the state of Mississippi that carries Genteel, or you can go to their website, genteelapparel.com. They'll have you ready to go for the spring as it warms up with a, a great new line of golf shirts. They've got pullovers and pants and uh, really good shorts. Uh, if you haven't tried those out with uh, spring just around the corner, you may want to do it. felt like spring yesterday. We, we got out of church yesterday morning, and I walked out, and I said, man, I sure do wish today was opening day. And then I was reminded that opening day for college baseball is six weeks away. If uh, if we could get yesterday for the Friday opening day for baseball season, um, I think turnout would be good in Starkville, in Hattiesburg, and in Oxford for the uh, the season openers. I think turnout will be good regardless, uh, but it'd really be good if you got like seventy six and sunny like we had in North Mississippi uh, yesterday. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. We haven't talked a ton about the two college football playoff semifinals. TCU-Michigan was absolutely spectacular. I did think there was one tweet that I saw during the game that said, like, mid-third quarter, this is already the best college football playoff semifinal we've ever had. And I thought, man, some people have got short memories. Because Oklahoma-Georgia at the Rose Bowl a couple of years ago for the semifinals was about as good as it gets. That was an overtime game, I wasn't it? Didn't that game go to overtime? Mm-hmm. Yes. That yes. Georgia won? Yes. 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 Um, uh, and then Georgia ultimately lost to uh, Alabama in the national championship game that year. But we had <clears throat> collectively the best semifinal round we have ever had with uh, with Michigan going down to, uh, to TCU. It was an incredible football game. TCU led the entire way. 7 to nothing, 14 to nothing, 14 3, 21 3, 21 6, 21 9, 21 16. And it felt like it was getting a little precarious there, a five-point game. But uh, then TCU scored the next two touchdowns. They made it 28-16, then 34-16. Then it was 34-22 after a Michigan touchdown, but a two-point conversion that didn't work out. But another answer from TCU. That stretch 
in the third quarter where we went from 632 to three seconds left, and really the first, I mean, good grief, it, it went on into the fourth quarter. So we had touchdowns in the third quarter. At the 632 mark by Michigan, at 425 by TCU, at 252 by TCU, at 147 by Michigan, at 49 seconds by TCU, at 3 seconds by Michigan, and then at 1413 in the fourth quarter, and then 1307 in the fourth quarter, and then a field goal with 1002 left in the fourth quarter. And if you missed that stretch, that was as wild a stretch of college football as we saw at any point this season. Incredible. On on the clock, we're talking about six and a half and five, eleven and a half minutes that saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight touchdowns and a field goal in eleven and a half minutes of game action. That's insane. And then Michigan got it close at the end. Uh, when Roman Wilson caught a five-yard touchdown pass from J.J. McCarthy to make it a uh, one-score game, 51-45. Uh, but uh, TCU able to get the win and advance to the national championship game. We spent almost zero time on Georgia-Ohio State. What about that game, guys? It's um, incredible. C.J. Stroud, people forgot who C.J. Stroud was. I, I said this. I said that on Twitter. It's almost like he he kind of disappeared in people's minds. And we don't have to spend any time on this, but it, it does crack me up that there are people out there that watch Will Levis play and then watch Bryce Young play and then watch C.J. Stroud play and come away thinking that Will Levis is the best of the three. I mean, just utterly mind-blowing. But, I mean... Ohio State down a couple of offensive stars as well in the second half. They, they held their own. For, for some reason, Georgia winning was not my main takeaway. It was, oh. Marvin Harrison Jr. is unbelievable. Yeah, and then he got knocked out of the – I mean, who knows if he's still – and it's part of the game, of course. Uh, but who knows if, if he doesn't get knocked out of the game there on what could have been a touchdown catch, uh, what the outcome is. But for some reason, I came away thinking that Ohio State proved more to me than Georgia because we already know Georgia is a team filled with cha- – I mean, they won the championship last year, same quarterback, same coach, same coordinators, all that. We know that Georgia belongs where they are. But there had been this idea that Ohio State, specifically them, didn't deserve it, doesn't belong. Ryan Day is a step behind. Their fans want them fired, all that. They belonged in that exact spot that they were in. Just were one kick short. 50-yard field goal as time expired to uh, try and advance to the national championship game, and it was snap left. If, if, mm-hmm. if you play golf and you've been hitting it great with your driver all day long and you get just a little bit quick, then you have happened to you exactly what happened to Ohio State's kicker. He just got a little bit quick, and he snapped it. And, and and to take the golf analogy one step farther on what is already a difficult tee shot. I mean, you're asking a college kicker to hit a 50-yard game-winning field goal to advance to the national championship. 
it's already a tough shot you're asking him to hit, and then the pressure and everything else, and he just got a little quick and he snapped it and never had a chance. C.J. Stroud was 23 of 34 for 348 yards and four touchdowns. Stetson Bennett was 23 of 34, identical, for 398 yards and three touchdowns. Georgia ran it for 135. Ohio State ran it for 119. Georgia having A.D. Mitchell back was big. He had three catches, including a touchdown. And it, it is worth remembering that Georgia lost Darnell Washington in the game. Kind of that two-headed monster they've got at tight end is Brock Bowers, who was kind of kept in check by Ohio State. Just four catches for 64 yards for Brock Bowers in that game. Darnell Washington is not a huge part of the passing game, but they use him some, and he is a huge part of the running game in terms of blocking. And did not come back in that game. He had one catch for nine yards. Uh, it was it was a remarkably entertaining football game. And you said it before, but it bears repeating, right? It, Stetson Bennett looked rattled for a lot of that game. Interception, bad one, especially bad one. Uh, threw it on a little swing pass, threw it to guy's feet. I mean, just really didn't look like he belonged there, honestly. Didn't look like he belonged on that stage. And then you get him the ball late in the fourth quarter, down a few, and boom, 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 down the field. Yeah. And, and worth remembering that Jackpot Lesney, who has been really good as a field goal kicker for Georgia this year, he missed a couple of field goals that would have made the game feel different. Georgia was down 14 with 31 seconds left. They went to the fourth quarter down 14. And what was the number, Borky? Teams trailing by 14 in the fourth quarter of a playoff game were 0 and whatever. Was it yeah. 0 and 19? I think. 0-18, something like that, and it's now one end as Georgia overcomes a 14-quarter, fourth, 14-point-fourth-quarter uh, deficit. They cut it to 11 with a Podlesny field goal with uh, 10 minutes to play. They cut it to three on the 76-yard touchdown pass. Arian Smith is still open. Uh, Ohio State pu- pushed it back out to um, a touchdown game. They made it 41-35 with a 48-yard field goal from Ruggles. So he had already hit a big field goal late in the ball game, and then A.D. Mitchell caught the 10-yard touchdown pass from Stetson Bennett, and that was that was the drive, right? Yeah. Two and a half minutes to play, down six, hand it to Stetson Bennett, five plays, 72 yards, a minute 49, touchdown, extra point, and Georgia is headed back to the national championship. They made winning plays at the end of that ballgame. And it was fun to watch. And so you get Ohio or you get Georgia and TCU for a national championship on Monday night. The early line, and I haven't seen if there's any movement on this yet, but the early line was thirteen. Georgia favored by thirteen. And we can we can talk about this when we come back to and, and we got all week to do it as well. But given what Georgia has done defensively in its last two games. They give up 500 yards through the air to LSU in the SEC championship game and over 500 yards to Ohio State. Are we sure 
that TCU is not going to keep this within 13? Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back one last time on this Monday afternoon, the 2nd of January. Thanks for being with us on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. The end of the first hour of the show, we watched Tulane rally from 16 down in the final four and a half minutes to stun Southern Cal by a final of 46 to 45. LSU routed Purdue in the Citrus Bowl 63 to 7. We got Penn State and Utah tied at 14 at the half of the Rose Bowl, and earlier today, Mississippi State a 19 to 10 winner over Illinois to finish the season nine and four. Zach Arnett making his head coaching debut for Mississippi State, and uh, the Bulldogs get it done. It was uh, it was 13 to 10, and then uh, Illinois ran kind of a crazy lateral play at the end that ultimately was uh, picked off or, I guess, scoop and score on a fumble by uh, by Mississippi State, goes to the house, and uh, the Bulldogs get the win 19-10 to as time expires. They do not kick the extra point to get the all-important cover if you were late on taking Mississippi State as a favorite in that game. You guys mentioned it earlier. It's been a really good bowl season. Kind of rains on the parade of all the bowl games don't matter. I feel like there have been far fewer opt-outs this year than we've seen in recent years. Now, there have been some, right? I mean, Florida had a bunch of guys opt-out. Kentucky had a bunch of guys opt-out. I mean, didn't Arkansas play their game against Kansas with like 48 players or, or something crazy like that? Uh, yeah, Mississippi a lot State, of guys in the portal in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, there are. Mississippi State had a couple of guys opt-out, but uh, they also had a few guys that Chose to play this game. Uh, you know, you did not have Tyrus Wheat. Um, a significant injury on the offensive line, also, right? The uh, the starting right tackle, help Cam me, Jones. Cam Jones uh, was apparently at the Mississippi State team hotel with uh, a scooter, so he's like one leg in the air and kind of scooting around. So he was not available today for Mississippi State. Thought the offensive line held up pretty well. Uh, considering you had some guys play that had not played a ton throughout the uh, the course of the season today, uh, but but when you look at this bowl season as a whole, you've seen great finishes. The television numbers have been outstanding. Uh, there's been great drama, great theater, and in some cases where you've had players opt out, you've seen players step up in the uh, in kind of getting an opportunity. And then the games with the biggest stakes, the two college football playoff semifinals that we had on Saturday night, were collectively far and away the best semifinals that we've ever seen. Which game did you like better? Mm. Ohio State-Georgia. It's, it's Michigan TCU for me. I, I was going to say Michigan TCU, but it was because of that flurry that we talked about. That eleven-minute yeah. stretch yeah. of game time was just completely bonkers. Yeah. What great atmospheres for both of those games, also. Yeah. 
I felt like Ohio State Georgia was more, or, or I say less chaotic, and some people might think I'm crazy for that, but it felt like it was a cleaner, better executed football game. Therefore, I enjoyed it more. They were both awesome. Don't get me wrong, but somebody, somebody point uh, pointed this out, and and we should have. Kirby Smart had the single best coaching decision of the entire football season. And, and there's probably a, a, an assistant or an analyst that gets a tip of the cap on alerting him, but they saw something formationally from Ohio State on the fake punt, and he went racing toward the official, and I mean just barely got the timeout on what would have been a fourth down conversion for Ohio State. Instead... They didn't get it. I mean, you imagine how nervous whoever it was in the headset hit, saying, Coach, timeout, it's a fake, timeout, it's a fake, and then to call the timeout and watch them just punt the ball away. <laughs> you waste a timeout. you got to know if you're going to tell Kirby Smart to call a timeout there. And, man, so yeah. that, 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 guy's that, a little, that guy's getting a little New Year's bonus. Somebody's going to put a little extra in his stocking. Oh, yeah. But uh, that won them the game. Oh, if Ohio State gets that there, they win, I think. The game's over. Game's over. Chase says you got to give C.J. Stroud a lot of credit against Georgia. Earned himself even more. Money. Great. Completely agree with that. And how about you know a guy that does not have a reputation for being a running quarterback? He made some huge runs at the end of that game in the fourth quarter. Just after, incredible. For watching Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I'm even more convinced Will Levis number one pick. No question. Are you now? Yeah. Thanks for being with us. You got the second half of the Rose Bowl, and then you got Monday Night Football. Should be a good one tonight with Cincinnati and Buffalo, two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL going at it, in Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon, the 2nd of January, the start of what we hope is a fantastic 2023 for us and for you. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Talk Mississippi Media Production.